what is Tandem doing at the moment? So we are a soup kitchen, and it kind of happened on accident. question uh you can do whatever the hell you want great i'm i will be diplomatic but sometimes i um slip up yeah. <laughs> okay cool and then we'll leave it in and be like oh <laughs> gotcha i'm just kidding <laughs> then i'll burn your house down gotcha <laughs> <laughs> and then we're like right. touche <laughs> And she really did got me. As we're looking at the rubble, we're like, all right, well, she meant it. She meant I'm it. out. I'm out. <laughs> That's a podcast, podcast game for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tough game. <laughs> I'm already sweating. <laughs> I'm already needing another beer. <laughs> yep. Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm chugging ahead. vodka right now. Oh, nice. I'm halfway mm. through. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Experience Milwaukee podcast. I am one of your hosts, Adam Darris. Along with me is the host, Steve Glenn. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I, I didn't know you were, were going to jump in like that. <laughs> I, tried, I tried to interrupt you. That's what I tried to do. Yes, and you didn't do it well. Nice. Oh, damn it. Uh, uh, hey. Oh, there hey, it is. Uh, it, 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 oh, hey, everyone. Um, welcome to the Experience Monkey Podcast. Thank you, Adam, for kicking it off. We Before we jump in, because we, we have a, we have an awesome... Is this? I, I already have the sense this show is going to be feisty. What, <laughs> you, Adam, I don't know. What are you thinking? Yes. Feisty is yeah. the exact word I'd use for it. It's going to be feisty. And um, before we jump in, though, and welcome uh, our guest... I would first just like to thank our sponsors, Transfer Pizzeria Cafe, who um, continues to do curbside pickup and delivery. So uh, check them out. Um, they've been a great supporter of the, sh- of the podcast since day one. And um, sponsor number two, Koss. And I am on my Koss headphones right now. Same. And I heard, I heard, Adam, I heard the cost headphones that I have with the mic that wraps around to the front. Yeah. It's completely sold out right now. Really? Yep. Well, maybe as of last week they were, maybe they're back in stock now. Okay. Wow. That's impressive. So they're the going like crazy. Yeah. It's going like crazy. So, oh, everyone's doing at home stuff. Yeah, that's true, and I suppose you probably need headphones for all your virtual meetings. You sure do. And you want to get the ones, you want to get the cans, the ones that go over your ear, because I don't know if your house is like mine, but there are distractions everywhere. Is that what they're called, cans? Yeah. Oh. I God, I, I hope so. Yeah, nice one. I really hope so. Well, anyway, <laughs> before we get off on that tangent, let's yeah. w- welcome Caitlin Cullen from Tandem. Restaurant. Hey, everybody. Yeah, she tried to interrupt me. 
She was trying so hard to stay quiet, and I applaud her. I really tried, but after your hey, everybody, at the beginning, I really wanted to give it a shot. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. You know, I I have to say, I was in uh, the restaurant. This was a while ago. Uh, My wife took me there on one of our date nights. And um, for some, I'm just saying, Caitlin, like you were a little quiet that night. Like physically me or the restaurant was quiet? You, Caitlin, were just like kind of mild mannered and quiet and like, hello, welcome. Thank you for coming. Sometimes Um, I get tired. Yeah, I I don't believe that, but you do a lot. (laughs) You do a lot. So, um, I'm, so I'm super excited about this show. I get excited for every podcast, but I, the story, the background, the everything about you, about the restaurant, about all that's happening is so awesome. I'm not going to say it though. Why don't we pretend no one's ever heard of any of that? And Caitlin, can you give us just some background of, uh, uh, your journey here to where you are today? Yeah. Um, it's hard to like tell the story because I feel like I've said it in so many iterations, drunk or otherwise, where I lose track of like what I've said a million times, but we, uh, I moved to Milwaukee almost seven years ago as a former school teacher who decided to quit my job and start minimum wage cooking for a living. And, uh, just kind of started to learn how to do what I thought I would love randomly in a city I've never been to. And so, I don't know, that's kind of how far back you want me to go. I mean, I could do this all day. No, that's perfect. That's a great starting point. So you're five years old. I'm five (laughs) years old. (laughs) My kindergarten essay I wrote about being the first female president. (laughs) That's what every five-year-old does. Well, yeah, so that was... Oh, go ahead. So that, oh, sorry. We just had someone try and come in to get a meal, but I think we got to lock the door because this place is very closed. Um, so, yeah, you guys can edit shit out when like something like that happens and then we'll lock the door. Or we leave it in and we're like, see how live we're doing this? Live? Uh, this is live. Yeah. Caitlin, it's, this is amazing. And I hate to, to interrupt the story, but you took exactly, I think, like uh, we're, we're six or five, five or six minutes into the podcast. You're already guiding us on how to how to produ- produce it, so that's amazing. It took Adam two or maybe one full episode, uh, so congrats! You now have the award. Yes, well, I'm just trying to help, guys. I'm just trying to help for quickest to side seat podcast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what I told Steve. I told Steve. Uh, everybody's heard this a few times, but I told Steve that. After his first podcast, I was so excited that he was doing one and I wanted to be on it so bad that I was like, I'm just going to side seat podcast this thing until he goes, fine. Do you want to just be on the damn show? You want to host? You want to host with me? Yeah. And uh, lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. Well, About then, yeah. eight, he... episode, eight episodes in, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> damn, it's been a long time. All right. Sorry. So you, uh, you're, you're five. I'm five. I decide that. Uh, no, I'm tw- I'm 25 or maybe a little older, and I just decided to burn my master's degree and disappoint my mother and move to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, to work minimum wage jobs in kitchens. Got my first job at the Philly Way on Brady Street, which is now defunct. 
but like mm-hmm. served drunk people cheesesteaks from <laughs> 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. in a trucker hat. So that was good. She was really proud. Um, but I started cooking for a living and really loved it. Like, so I loved it a lot and got a bunch of different jobs. One of them was at Bavette um, in the third ward. And like, I just got that job because she needed an extra set of hands, I think. And like, maybe was a little lonely. It was back when it was like a butcher shop and a cheese shop that like happened to serve a couple sandwiches. And so I was perfectly qualified to clean kale and pick the meat off of pig's heads. And um, I started working there. And as that business started to ramp up and people really started to appreciate the food she was making and not just like the meat she was supplying people with, um, I worked my way up from being like the idiot who cleaned greens to the fool who was on the line during the lunch rush to being the sous chef who like effectively ran the kitchen for a year and some change. And so, because much like you had jumped in and decided how to make a podcast work, I figured with three years of cooking experience, I should probably try and own my own restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I needed a laugh there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I, yeah, just, uh, you know, you, I'm the kind of person who likes to learn as much as I can and everything I do. And there got to be a point where like I learned everything I could there, you know, start to finish top to bottom or so I thought. And so I wanted to move on and and try something new and then kind of miss teaching too. I didn't realize I had missed it as much. Uh Um, And so then this building on 18th and Fond du Lac came up on the market as like a place that needed a restaurant tenant. And The developer was this chick, Julie Kaufman. She basically farmed the idea to a lot of female chefs. She had asked Karen if she wanted to put a restaurant in there. She had asked um, Nell Benton of the National Cafe uh, if she wanted to put a restaurant in there. And everyone who came and looked at it was like, wow, this is a great building. This neighborhood's really cool. You know, they walked around the block and saw the peach orchards on 17th Street and were like, wow, this is great. But then also ultimately decided like it wasn't for them. And every time someone said, well, it's not really for me. The caveat at the end was, but I do know this person. That it <laughs> and every time that it was me. And that became tandem, correct? Yeah, it really did. It really did. Um, I have a question that uh, maybe you've been asked this before, but it's bugging me right now. Yeah. When you when you when you left teaching and went into cooking, was it because you thought you might love that, or was it just like some you just needed something other than teaching at that moment? How honest do you want me to be in this podcast? We love honesty. Adam lies all the time, but but everyone else is honest. Yeah, I'm a huge liar. We appreciate honesty. <laughs> um, I was living in the Dominican Republic. And had started as a previous to moving to Milwaukee. I'm from Detroit originally, but was in the Dominican, went down there and was like, this is a fun way to have a teaching job. I don't want to be in Detroit public schools anymore. And then kind of excelled at that, went from being the high school English teacher to the lead teacher for the high school to the high school principal in a matter of three years. 
Um, and uh, the stress of how stacked the odds are in teaching against like all students, students in Detroit, which was the first bankrupt school system in the nation and students at like an embassy school for wealthy Dominicans and kids from the U S and Canada. I developed a pretty substantial drug problem (laughs) and knew that I wasn't happy with what I was doing. And so Mm -hmm. when I would come home from work, if I wasn't like doing a bunch of blow, I was like baking bagels uh, in the middle of a brownout for three hours because the power goes out, like every grid dies for two to four hours every day. So I'd be like making bagels by candlelight in a hundred degree apartment because it was hot as hell and there's no air conditioning. And I was just so happy. And I thought, well, shit, there's probably something to that. Like I might actually find real satisfaction in this work, even if it doesn't feel like, you know, as important maybe as teaching felt. And so I knew I had to kind of change something and, and figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. And so that's why cooking took hold. Also, Dominican food is trash. So like if I wanted anything good, I had to cook it myself. That's good to know. <laughs> no offense to any Dominicans. <laughs> Adam's 100%. It's like Puerto Rican food but without the spice. Like nobody wants that. You need some, you need some spice. So got to have a little heat. Adam loves heat. Adam Adam hosted a what, what is that called where you eat all the hot wings? Yeah, Caitlin, have you ever seen um, the YouTube series Hot Ones? No, Sh- but I'm Sean going Evan. to now. Yeah, check it out. This guy does amazing hot wing challenges. He's done it for ten seasons now. He interviews a celebrity while they eat progressively hotter wings, and by the end every celebrity is in tears or flipping out or it's, it's absolutely hilarious, but it sounds spectacular. on top of all that, he does an incredible job with the questions. He asks really deep questions and he really gets at the core of people. So it, it's, it's super entertaining. They're like 20 minute episodes. So it's hell yeah. Well, it's a quarantine, so I don't really have a lot to do at night. Exactly. You can try Adam. Adam did it at work and he, uh, he oh yeah. interviewed someone at work and and they and he was crying. Adam was crying. Yeah, legit Aww. tears. And my and <laughs> there I found out about this weird thing um called the heat high where when you eat insanely spicy food, there's like a a euphoric moment. I believe in between, that. Yeah, in between the holy crap, why did I eat this and the why does it still burn phase. Like in between that, you almost like it's almost like you're in a dream. It's crazy. See, someone should have told me that when I was on drugs. <laughs> yeah, right. Just eat really spicy stuff. <laughs> you feel like oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> so, um, Tandem is not your typical restaurant. No. Um, tell us more about that. Um, so since I decided to set up shop at 18th and Fond du Lac, I don't know if I'd like opened a place in Bayview, I would hire folks who live close to work in Bayview. And so being like at the, the Avenue or the, you know, the gateway to the North side, it just made sense to hire folks who lived around the restaurant. Um, and I really, 
I don't know. Karen gave me a shot at Bavette when I had like a poorly fabricated resume full of lies to like learn how to do some real cooking. And it uh-huh. seemed like if I was able to do that, it's highly likely that a neighborhood with like an unemployment rate at like 40% would probably be able to do the same thing. Um, and I missed working with kids. So I kind of focused on like young people, you know, under 30 for the most part. And so we have always, we opened in November of 2016. We've always given somebody their first shot. So it could be your first job ever. Like one of my best cooks is a kid whose dad was like our liquor delivery guy. And was like, my kid needs a job. And I was like, bet. And he came in at 16 and started dishwashing. And now at 18 is like an exceptional chef. Um, or it could be that like you just got out of the joint and you're on papers. So you have to have a job. Otherwise your PO is breathing down your neck. Um, but also like you have a charge for armed robbery. So most places aren't going to hire you. Like we are that place that doesn't really, I don't know. I used to have a drug problem and was a teacher while I was doing it. I was a principal while I was doing it. Like everyone has a past. So we just kind of meet you where you're at and figure that you could probably learn how to do something on the job and that getting paid is incentive enough to try something new. That and with your teaching background, it sounds like if there's a willingness to learn and a motivation to grow, it will happen at Tandem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, we've had people working here... I don't know. I feel like I sold Milwaukee a lie a lot in the beginning. I was like, oh yeah, kids are going on to all kinds of different places. And it was just like not working. Like I'd send somebody to Amalinda and it would work for like a couple hours and not really pan out. And now that we've been in it three years, it is, it's real. Like we've learned how to teach somebody how to go out into the next step of restaurant. We have kids who are at Uncle Wolfie's. We have kids who have gone on to Bavette. We've had folks at Buckley's, but also like I have a young woman who got hired at Sanford. Like I can't get a fucking job at Sanford. (laughs) I I can't even eat at Sanford. I know. Uh, My girlfriend used to work there. So we do get a gift certificate once a year, but otherwise like I can't eat at Sanford either. It's a, yeah, it's a trip. Um, And it, it works with various degrees of, efficacy like I also have a young man doing 24 years in prison um at shortly after he left us he made a bad decision I have a young man who's dead I have the young men who tend to get in trouble um so it doesn't always pan out perfectly but there is like if you can learn here from someone who gives a damn the likelihood that you can go on to a job that's way better than this one is really high mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Most most people just need that first chance. Yeah, I needed that first chance. Karen hired right. me, and my resume, my resume, like even though I was an English teacher and could fabricate some shit, it looked weak. Like if you've ever looked at a cooking resume, like saying I knew how to make salad dressing, that was an obvious tell that I had no idea what I was doing. But she, you know, gave me that shot. What led you to Milwaukee? So I closed my eyes and pointed at a map. Like I was in my office and my friend who was also a teacher, she's from Michigan. And so she had, I had like conned her into moving to the Dominican to help me teach middle school English because I had lost a teacher in the middle of the night. So we were both living there. 
we were both like, it's time to go back to the States and we didn't want to go back to Detroit. And so in my office, we sat and pulled up a map. It was of the Midwest to be fair. So like didn't go the whole country and we closed our eyes and pointed at it. And literally Milwaukee was like pretty much what our finger was on. So we Googled it and read the Wikipedia article. This is a city that knows how to have fun. And like, I want to try it out. And so we had, we moved back like with our parents for a couple weeks and came to visit Milwaukee for the first time. And Mm -hmm. two friends of mine from college, one of them I had known since high school had been living here on accident and they took us around town and I loved it. Like every time we walked out of an apartment that we were seeing someone on the street in front of us was like, Hey, good afternoon. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with people here? (laughs) And I just really liked it. And so we went home and packed our stuff up from our parents' homes and we were here by the end of the summer. So, uh, Caitlin, is it, what, what is your relationship now with, with Milwaukee? When you started a company here, how are you feeling about the city? Man, I love this place. Like if I, I don't know if I could have predicted how much Milwaukee would feel like home to me. Um, but it's to the point where my mother, who's been dying for me to like live in her backyard for my entire adult life, knows that this is where I live now and that this is my mm-hmm. home. Um, it has a lot of problems and it's a super flawed place, but it also knows how flawed it is. And unlike a lot of places in this country, at least, especially in the Midwest, Milwaukee's pretty self-aware. And I've always really appreciated that. Like it is a place that knows there's a line in the sand, literally at my restaurant. We have moved the line five blocks north mm-hmm. um, that separates different people. And if you ask anyone, everyone knows. They might have an opinion about why or about whether that means anything, but Milwaukeeans are honest. I ask people why they love Milwaukee and to tell me about some of their favorite things. You literally have been the answer to that question for some people on this podcast and a lot of people that I ask off of the podcast. Yes, yes. That is not a lie or joke, and we're not trying to suck up. um, or (laughs) prevent. We already got you. We already got you on the podcast. We don't need to suck up anymore. Well, I don't want my house being burned down, so I'm worried about that. (laughs) (laughs) So um, what are the one or two or three favorite things for you to do in Milwaukee? Okay. Um, The Fondy Farmer's Market on a Saturday in July. It is cracking. It is the best place on earth to be. Like there's food vendors, there's produce as far as I can see. There's beautiful flower arrangements that are like six bucks that look like they'd cost you $80 at Whole Foods. And it's a whole cross-section of the city. You've got Hmong farmers and their kids. You've got the old white dude who's been selling corn there for like forever. So that might be more August. 
You've got the guy slinging barbecue on the corner. You've got the spring roll lady. You've got Miss Venus, like, selling you all kinds of herbal remedies and salts and stuff. And it's a time when everyone in the city puts aside however they feel about anything and just shows up. You got wealthy white ladies from Shorewood kicking it with someone coming to get collard greens with their wick um, benefits. Like it's just really, it fills my soul up. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't think, I don't think that answer can be topped. Cool. Then I won't. I know we all have a beer right now, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm I'm semi pissed that we can't be together because I think having a beer, Caitlin, with you would be one of the coolest things ever. <laughs> it would be really yeah, fun. Actually, post uh, quarantine, let's make a point to do that. I have a whole bar, so the beauty is that the beers here are pretty cheap. Bingo. Three ninety nine. <laughs> oh man, I love it. <laughs> that's and that's not even happy hour. No, uh, no free 99 right now in the middle of this quarantine. And while we're running a soup kitchen, I'm not selling booze. So right, right, right. Um, that's a good segue into this. So what, what is the restaurant doing at the moment? And what do you, well, I guess everyone's kind of like, oh shit about the future. They don't know, really know what's going to yeah. happen when, but. What what is Tandem doing at the moment? So we are a soup kitchen, and it kind of happened on accident. Um, but when, I don't know, I laid off pretty much all of my employees except five, three weeks ago, more than that, almost a, almost a month ago. Is that possible? Jesus. Yeah, yeah that's possible. I know, that really um, This conversation made me forget forget that I was running a soup kitchen, but um, we laid off all of our employees except five on that Monday before everything broke loose and cut our menu in half and decided to just start doing um, like lower inventory stuff. Like we'll do chicken, we'll do sides, we'll do a couple of our vegetarian options, but really stop I don't know, stop the bleeding, like stop having shit in the coolers that might go bad if no one buys it. And so we cut our menu in half, which meant I had a bunch of food that needed to get cooked and like turned into something. Otherwise it would go bad. And then it needed to go somewhere. And I thought, well, hey, you know, this is going to hurt a lot of people. I've just laid off damn near 20 people who just got a paycheck, thank God, and have one more coming, but like probably aren't prepared for this at all why don't we cook off this extra food and turn it into meals that we could give out for free if people need it. So like, we'll be running this takeout and delivery thing where people put in their credit cards over the phone. But in the meantime, if anyone like needs something to eat today, we'll pack these single portion meals and you can just come pick one up. And so I was like, this is a great idea. So we packed up 85 meals and I was like, put them in the freezer. We'll use these for the next week and a half. And went to bed and posted something on the internet. And the next morning I woke up and it had been shared like a thousand times. And all the food was gone in three hours. I was like 85 meals. Holy shit. Well, okay. Maybe I misunderstood how much people were not prepared for this. 
which is crazy that I would misunderstand because I'm not, I wasn't prepared for this the whole time. My partner's talking about, we need to make sure we have this and that for the house. And I'm just like, well, babe, like I've got booze and carrots. Like we'll be fine. And I would, if I didn't have this restaurant, like would not have money to live with. I wouldn't have anything to eat. I wouldn't have, you know, tissue to wipe my ass with. And so the next day we just thought, well, you know, let's do 150 meals. And that way everyone gets fed. And so meanwhile, we're like still doing delivery and carry out. So everyone saw that we were giving away meals. So everyone's trying to support us by ordering delivery and carry out like insane amounts, like more money than I've ever made on a Thursday in the history of being open. And we made 150 of these free meals and they were gone in two hours. And so my staff and I, we sat together and I was like, guys, I really think that like going forward the need is only going to grow. I think that people are ordering the food that is paid to support us. We could have them donate to something online and then we don't have to be making their food in addition to making these hundreds of meals a day. Like, I know that you think I'm insane, but what if we were a soup kitchen till this is over? And they have drank my Kool-Aid a lot of times. So they were just like, yep, okay, we trust you. If this is what you think we need to do, then this is what we're going to do. And so that Friday, it was like the 20th or something, we opened um, just as a free meal outlet. And we've been doing it ever since. Side note, I think the cold open to this episode should be, we'll be fine. We got booze and carrots. (laughs) (laughs) Please. Is that literally like like a case of toilet paper? And there's like some eggs down there. And I've got a whole bar. We'll be all right. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. I mean, not to take away. That's why I wanted to be the cold open because not to take away from the fact that you're doing some incredible, incredible stuff. And I love that the donations are coming in like crazy and people are coming to your restaurant knowing that you're, you're giving away those meals to people who need them. But that was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I it's just awesome stifle, stifle my laughter. Booze and carrots. <laughs> we'll be fine. <laughs> do it that's why you're on this show you're the vision man (laughs) and he's the producer he tells me how to produce it exactly Exactly. so where can people donate Uh, so we've got a uh, donate button on the homepage of our website it's tandemmke.com and it's just like you go on there and it explains what we're doing and you can click and throw us like 20 bucks and it's been crazy the support has been really i don't know really outstanding it means i get to keep four people working um means that we're putting out like 300 to 400 meals a day means we get to keep feeding people um the demand just kind of keeps growing. So, yeah. I have a few memories from my time there. Besides the food being great. The bike. And and the smiles on the faces of everyone who was there, including the staff. It's a pretty happy place. I do miss it. Like, the community meals feels really like the right thing to do right now but I've always loved this restaurant where like 
I met my partner because she was a single woman who felt comfortable coming into a bar and sitting alone and dining and just like chopping it up with people around her in a non-predatory space. I've looked out at the dining room hundreds of times and seen a real proper cross-section of Milwaukee, not just like a, a catalog image of what we think it's like. Um, I miss it, man. Yeah, I think we all do. Yeah. And, and, and to Adam's point, I think that's why we have to get over there when all this is over, um, because we can do an entire episode just on the experience at Tandem. Um, it's just a beautiful place. It's, I mean, even we, we got there at night, it's the lights from the restaurant, just like light up the whole block. It's a, it's an amazing experience. I appreciate that. We will, uh, we thank you for jumping on the show. This was great. Um, thanks for all you're doing for Milwaukee and all the people who live here. Um, there's not, there, there aren't many like you and we're lucky to have you. Thanks for having me, guys. This was actually really nice. It was a good way to end my day. Yay. <laughs> Great to hear. All right. Well, let's all enjoy our beers yep. and and be safe and and keep it up. See you on the other side, boys. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Thanks, Caitlin. <laughs> Bye, guys.